Hello and welcome to the Groove Sofa podcast. I'm Alice. And I'm Lucy. And together we want to invite guests to come and share their grief with us. Our aim is to cover a whole range of grief from a whole range of people. We're sorry for your loss, but we are glad that you have found us. Thank you for listening to the Groove Sofa podcast. In today's episode, Rachel talks about her husband, John, who died of leukemia last year. She had only just started adjusting to saying she was married when she had to start saying she was widowed. Rachel shares some beautiful memories of John and their happy days together. We think you'll agree with us that he sounds a wonderful man. My name is Rachel. Um, I'm 23, nearly 24. It's my birthday in two weeks. <laughs> um, and I am a primary school teacher, um, just started in September. So that's all really new for me as well. Um, and the person that I've lost was my husband um, in May last year, um, John. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a strange loss because he had leukemia um, and had been having treatment for that um for about 18 months um but kind of got better and got the all clear and then it came back um and he had to have a bone marrow transplant which they told us worked so we kind of you know got used to the idea that he was going to be okay again um and then one tuesday evening they just told him um yeah your white blood count is really high um and it looks like your cancer's probably back and i'm sorry there's nothing we can do um about that and yeah and then four days later he was gone so it was a very strange like I always find it really hard to think was was it like a shock loss um or was it like a long-term illness it was kind of such a weird mixture of the both of them um so I guess I'm kind of just yeah trying to figure all that out um yeah (laughs) that was the person I've lost wow that's such a sudden loss yeah it was and I can understand why that's difficult to kind of like classify it as one thing or another I think in grief quite often we're trying to find where we sit Mm -hmm. um but obviously leukemia is is a cancer related loss um and being widowed at such a young age that's a completely different part as well to then also have that suddenness thrown on you that you've got those you know only a few days between Mm. knowing that you know there's not much time left no yeah it was very it was such a strange so yeah I was kind of only just getting used to like saying I was married (laughs) um before now I have to say I'm widowed which is horrible but um yeah so we got married so John we got engaged um in 2018 and then at the end of 2018 John first got diagnosed um but then he got better so we got married in the summer of 2019 and then winter 2019 it came back again and then so we were only married for about 10 months um when he died which is which was horrible um I found that so sad to like not even have made it to like one year um was really hard but yeah it was also so tricky I guess because I think I kind of had become really numb to like bad news and because so there were so many ups and downs of um, his treatment and yeah that every time they were like oh it's not quite gone right but you know we're trying this now so I kind of felt really desensitized to bad news so even on that Tuesday evening when they kind of told us you know this is the situation it was obviously horrible but I don't think I really understood and I don't think I expected him to to go that quickly either um 
so yeah it was a very weird mix of well I know you've been poorly for a really long time but also gosh you 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 passed away so quickly as well so how old was John was he the same age as you he's 20 he was 26 so a bit older still still (laughs) no age at all and obviously like you said you just recently got married and you know you're expecting to spend your whole lives together Mm. and I would say that that definitely was you know a sudden loss I mean being told that four days it's just absolutely heartbreaking it really is yeah I think as well so they kind of said at the hospital like it's not going to be long because leukemia is a a blood cancer so you know it's it's a very nasty disease and and it it just took him so quickly but I think that we kind of as a family thought we might have maybe at least till the weekend and a bit more time together to to say all the things we wanted to say and and so unfortunate for his family as well because of covid they've not gone anywhere near him for like the last three months um because he had no immune system so we had to be careful anyway but then covid obviously made things so much more complicated so i just i feel so sad that they didn't really get to spend much time with him in those last few days um before he passed away that's so impossibly hard to navigate mm-hmm. um i can completely sympathize i know i was staying away from my dad as much as i could at the beginning of the lockdown because we just didn't know what covid meant and we mm. knew that it was going to be bad for cancer patients you'll know from living living with John whilst he was having treatment that it's even well pre-covid even if you've got a cold you don't go near people yeah, do you? yeah. so how did you and John meet uh, I thought you might ask this. <laughs> it's such a strange story. So we um, we've known we'd known each other for years and years. So I used to go to a Friday youth group when I was young. Uh, I don't know if any of you, if either of you did that, but it was quite a common thing around where I live. Lots of people went to a Friday youth group um, and he helped like he went to it first. And then as he got a bit older, he helped to run it. And I basically carried on going until I was far too old, but I just really fancied him. (laughs) (laughs) So I just like, and that was the only way that I'd like would be able to see him really, because we we were friends, but not like it would have been odd to see him outside of that situation. So I just carried on going until I was too old. And I I liked him for like a year. And then he eventually realised (laughs) and uh, text me to ask me out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hang on, we haven't even ever like hung out just the two of us. So I said, we need to go on a date. So we went to uh, Nando's, really classy. Very nice. Oh. <laughs> so I was 16 and he was 19. So he was like Gosh. older, but but he was very uh, innocent. And I, I was his first girlfriend. And <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was very innocent and sweet. Oh, I literally so love that. I love that story so much. And like the fact that you went to Nando's. I know, like, honestly. We couldn't like, we didn't have eye contact. We just didn't look at each other because we were just so nervous the whole oh, time. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can just imagine this. It's so sweet. Honestly, it was so bad. <laughs> oh, that's so lovely. So you were, um, how old did you say you were? 23 now? Yeah. Oh, nearly 24. So you were together for quite a while then. Yeah. It was Wow. And so um, with your families, are they close by? You know, were you living together? Yeah. Um, So 
my we live really close by to both our families we're all very close by um but I was living with my parents just around the corner um, and John lived alone um and then he when he got poorly and came out of hospital then I moved in um to kind of look after him which was it was really tricky actually we'd not lived together before um so that was quite an intense time obviously trying to deal with him having cancer like still that being such a shock and then also me living here which was I know I don't think he loved having to share his personal space to begin with um so yeah that was that was quite an intense time actually that's a lot as well for you to take on because what you were like 21 or yeah I was 21 then yeah yeah it's a lot caring for somebody with cancer when you're when you're young is it's really tough it's really tough so he had treatment and you had that moment of him being in remission yeah yeah how long was he in remission for so technically um January 2019 I think they said like this is looking really good now like we can't detect any cancer in your blood um anymore but you've still got you know another five months to to completely finish all the intense chemo um and then you'll be on like chemotherapy tablets and all the other drugs um for like another two years after that um but like the intense like drips in the arm kind of stuff would have finished did finish um like the first of june 2019 um but he, to be honest, he didn't, that first like stage of him having cancer, like seems like a breeze now compared to the transplant. He really wasn't that poorly. Like he was quite weak and he lost his hair um, and couldn't do a lot because he had no immune system. But to be honest, he, he, he didn't really get that poorly, um, which was, which was good, I suppose. Um, so then, yeah, they told us in the January that we could then have our wedding because it was kind of well you probably shouldn't you know he has got cancer and we were like oh okay <laughs> and oh, that's so sad. yeah it was really sad but then in the January they said you know go ahead if you want to it's looking really good now we can't detect any cancer anymore so yeah he had you know from June to December he was like well I suppose so he had about six months where he was where he was better yeah so you've obviously got these lovely happy memories as well you know getting yeah. married and actually yeah. in all that time you know you had those moments have you got a favorite memory that you can share with oh, us gosh. there are really so many I, I thought um <laughs> after I chose that topic I was like there are so many I just I'm sure like everybody who's lost somebody has has this but just every day I'm just reminded of so many silly things um I shared a picture on my um Instagram yesterday that I took on our honeymoon um we stayed in this really nice like I don't really know how to it was like a lodge I suppose um but one wall was just all windows um and the the picture I took was of John sat just playing his guitar in the window and there's like nice sunflowers and I that when I think about that now that was just such a peaceful like just I guess the feeling I feel is like peace when I think about that time and we were just in that like post-marriage bliss like when you just we just got married and it was so nice to be doing something normal and we went to Cornwall which was like one of my favorite places and and John was really musical and, and really talented so one of the things I do miss is hearing him play guitar so yeah that that was a lovely memory I just we've had so many to be honest like from being together for so young yeah we did so much together 
um, and kind of like grew up together. And there, are, I just have countless memories of him just being brilliant. Oh, have you still got his guitar? Yeah, oh, he has about six. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've um, given one away. That was kind of one of his wishes was for somebody um, to have one of his guitars so they've got that and then he's got a younger brother and so have I and and I think that both of them will get one as well because they they can both play um but he's got one little mini one that um is hung up in our front room um so I'm gonna keep that one and I'm determined to learn (laughs) I can't play but I'm determined to um I was just gonna ask are you gonna learn to play but I don't want to sort of add on any pressure to you no I I have been telling myself to pick it up every like day of lockdown but I'm just so lazy <laughs> but I really really want to and I, I think I will eventually get round to it that's interesting because my da- my dad used to play guitar mm. and his his guitar is in my room and it's something I keep saying oh I will learn I will learn and yeah. I think you know when you're grieving and obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic mm-hmm. sometimes doing new things just seems like a little bit too much <laughs> yeah yeah I think as well, like, I have no musical ability. Like, I can sing, but I I can't play any instrument. So I think it is really from scratch um, for me. So since John has passed, have there been... So what little moments of joy have you had? Have that been around him? Yeah, I think um, I'm... I've been reflecting on this quite a lot. Um, I've been keeping kind of like a journal since he passed away um, just to, you know, I'm quite a reflective person. Mm. Um, So I found that really helpful. But I'm obsessed with um, the outdoors and nature and um, I always have been. But I think I found like a renewed sense of that since John passed away that Mm. just like the tiniest thing, like if the sky looks particularly nice or like, um in autumn when the leaves started changing or now like the the like tiny little buds are coming out and just those tiny little things um give me such a little sense of joy and like I was actually thinking about this last night um that those like little moments of happiness and, and joy that kind of keep me going and I was thinking what what sort of things do I find and I thought like the perfect song coming on the radio as well is another big one for me I love I love music so that sort of, yeah just like tiny little things might not mean anything to anybody else but I I find keep keep me going just noticing little things every day yeah I love being outside I find that since since my dad died like being on my walks every day I'm always noticing something different I swear yeah. like birds sound so much more musical yeah. ever since he died. <laughs> it's so true I've never noticed and yeah. then there is there is some there is some kind of phrasing and I can't think of what it is but it's that kind of sense that because they can't see it any longer it kind of feels Mm. brighter to us it's so true yeah I've definitely felt that like in maybe September time I was just looking out um of our bedroom window and the sky was just incredible like the sunset was just Mm. epic and I had such a like such a mixed feeling inside of me because I was like wow like that is crazy beautiful but also such a sadness that like he couldn't see it um but then such like an appreciation for it as well it was such a weird mixture and I I get that all the time I think like I love going to the beach and I went a lot in the summer last year just 
going to the seaside and like every time I was just like oh this is just so lovely but I also just feel so sad that you can't see it anymore and yeah it's such a strange feeling. I can totally resonate with that and um, I actually had a similar thing I was like looking out to the sky it was really blue like just really glorious and that sort of warm tingly feeling that Mm. it gives you and I the way that I described it or thought of it in my own head was that people who we've lost have seen the sky before but they will never see the clouds that we're looking at right now and you know they'll never Mm. see that specific sunset or that specific formation of clouds or whatever so it's this yeah it's this bizarre conflict of sort of yeah wow but also oh that's sad (laughs) yeah yeah it's such a strange feeling and I think like Lucy what you said was right about like things seeming so much brighter and and animate like the birds singing like this last few weeks when they seem to have started again like because it's coming into spring Mm. I was just like oh that's such a nice sound that I don't know if I would have necessarily appreciated as much before um yeah Yeah, absolutely. I was out today and they were so loud and I could like, I I don't think I really ever just stood and listened Mm. to birds before. Mm. And I think that kind of, I think part of it is that you you actually just stay still in moments much more. You're much more Mm. present in time when you're going through grief because you don't have that same, I certainly, I think the grief and the and the pandemic has definitely slowed me right down. I used mm. to be like a million miles a minute, yeah. just constantly doing something. So there's that kind of sense of just living very presently that comes with grief, I think. Mm. I definitely have mixed feelings about grieving through a lockdown, but I, I think that actually it, it was kind of great in a way. Like I didn't feel any pressure to be seeing people all the time yeah. so and like I, I wasn't working last year anyway because um, John was so unwell and I couldn't teach whilst um, he was in hospital mm-hmm. and stuff so I actually I, I can't I don't have fond memories of that time because it was obviously hideous but mm-hmm. you know in those first couple of months like we were in a, in the lockdown still and then it kind of eased but it was still quite chilled and I I think I just liked that I would just go for a quiet walk on an evening and I I wasn't feeling pressure to see lots of people or or go out or go to work and it it was quite a unique grieving experience I think. Absolutely just gonna say the same I can completely relate and I think there's there is that gift with lock with lockdown and I I had time off work being furloughed when my dad died Mm. and I had that same you know the pressure being taken off because I didn't need to return to work really Mm. quickly and I could be at home and be present and not worry about going back and facing the real world yeah do you have any anxiety about what it's going to be like when we return to normal time and about how your grief might impact you know the way that you navigate the world as we return back to post-lockdown times yeah I do a little bit I think 
I definitely haven't been one of those people that's like absolutely buzzing for June 21st and I am <laughs> I'm feeling quite Me wary <laughs> like I of course want things to go back to normal I am so sick of this way of living but um yeah I do I do think it will be interesting and you know I think because that kind of coincides with a year um since John passed as well but I think I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling that like oh you know people will just people will just be getting on with their lives again but just because things are normal and a year's passed or whatever I'm still I'm not gonna feel different like I will still be missing John so much every day and yeah I think I definitely do have a bit a bit of an anxious and nervousness towards that time definitely. Yeah, I can totally agree with that whole 21st of June thing. I mean, when it was announced and everyone was just like, you know, I picked up my outfit for that day and I was just (laughs) like, oh, God, I'm I'm quite happy staying inside, sort of slobbing Mm -hmm. around. (laughs) Yeah, I think it definitely has, like, I would have 100% called myself an extrovert before, like, I loved to be social like I had plans every night of the week or weekend I was I was a busy person I loved to socialize and I think to begin with when John was poorly that kind of didn't change but definitely you know since maybe January last year when he was really unwell and we couldn't see anyone and then then the pandemic I would probably call myself an introvert now like I really just I don't like the idea of being in a big group um and not because I'm like not that I'm worried about COVID, obviously I am, but it's more just like being around so many people. Like I've spent so much time by myself this last year, really. I've I've lived alone because um, John was in hospital for two months from the middle of February to the middle of April. So essentially, apart from January and the, and, a, and the bit of April and May last year, I've lived by myself this whole year. So I think I definitely will find it hard again to to be sociable <laughs> wow yeah that's going to be really going from like one extreme to another yeah, isn't it yeah it's funny I definitely am in the same boat I think there's a lot of grievers who are in the same boat mm-hmm. who are feeling a little bit um reserved probably is the right yeah. feeling I'm not yeah. really sure but I personally because my dad died during a lockdown as well um I'm feeling a little bit apprehensive about the idea of grieving because I'm, I'm I'm you know becoming more capable of of coping with this time and coping with my grief and knowing um the kind of triggers and the time that passes and what sets me off and and what a good day and what a bad day looks like so mm-hmm. I am a little bit worried about coming out of the lockdown and facing this kind of entire new reality that I need to learn how to navigate my grief through yeah, again it's so true I think as well like obviously John died in the middle of the lockdown last year so I think like going like like you just said like our grief journey (laughs) has has been solely during the pandemic so yeah I guess it is going to be so strange thinking what is that going to look like when life is normal again and and that life has gone back to normal but not really because that person's not here so our lives are are different even though everything else seems normal again Um, yeah I've seen stuff on on sort of you know Instagram and and whatnot of um everyone's talking about going back to this normal this new normal and obviously if you are grieving and if you have lost somebody 
the new normal it looks different because mm. you'll go you're going back to a new normal but it's not normal because yeah. your, your your person who you've lost isn't there anymore yeah I also found it quite interesting what you're saying about a change in personality because and I think you'll find this happens with the majority of people who have been bereaved I definitely used to consider myself as an extrovert mm. and would consider myself more introverted now yeah well I've and I think it's something to do with the amount of energy that you have. And when you've been bereaved, you might, you know, struggle with, with energy. So putting energy into other people can feel really, really tiresome. Mm. And obviously you want to sort of preserve some sort of energy for yourself so you can look after yourself. Yeah, yeah. It definitely is something that I, I'm only just starting to notice. And I think maybe through my job as well um, that at the end of a day sometimes I'm like I'm exhausted and why am I because I'm a, I'm part-time so I don't work every day um and on my like non-school days I'm like why am I so tired today yeah. but it's just like your body and mind are coping with that every day even though you don't like necessarily always realize um so yeah that is definitely something that I'm just starting to like learn about myself absolutely I think it takes a while to get used to that as well mm. Would you like to tell us a little bit about the things that help you get through your grief? Have you got any friends who've done amazing things for yeah. you or uh, or the way that your family supported you through this time? Yeah, our friends are like one of the biggest helps. Honestly, I've got such brilliant pals. <laughs> like I just know I can text them a whole ramble and I could be sobbing and they just yeah they just always make me feel better and I've got friends that I send like pictures of myself crying with like my makeup ran all down my face and then we just like laugh together and it just yeah these are the friends that you need oh they're brilliant and because so I went um away for my anniversary for our first anniversary because I just thought it's gonna be so depressing let's go away and I went away with a few of my friends that were um some of my bridesmaids um and John's sister was one of those as well and oh I just had the nicest time and yeah they really just helped to distract me but I also knew that I could be completely myself that weekend and if I needed to be upset that it would have been okay and yeah they've just been brilliant and my family and John's family are are amazing as well I should probably give them a shout out (laughs) um yeah they've both they've both been brilliant and um another thing like that I've found has got me through is music like I just uh, love music so much anyway but just like having a kitchen disco while I'm cooking or just like a good sing in the <laughs> shower <laughs> I just found music has has just been such a, a a joy for me and it's really got me through um like times where I just have been led on the sofa all day feeling crap and then I'll go out and put like heart 90s or something on in the kitchen like on the radio and then it just yeah it perks me up and and being outside and stuff as well that that's definitely been really helpful and when you've got that connection you know John having loved music so Mm. much you know that's something that you can instantly connect with him on so that's really nice I have the same thing with my dad and actually I was telling 
telling Alice and one of our other friends that I was having a really bad grief day the other day. So I decided to start my day by doing, um, I don't know if you're a Drag Race fan, but I'm a huge <laughs> Drag Race fan. And I did my own little like lip sync battle with myself. Yes. <laughs> and um, I danced around and sang to this song, which uh, was a song that my dad taught me when I was younger. And it, I, it's ridiculous. But um I felt so good after it because I was just so energized. I'd obviously mm-hmm. all of those endorphins from me jumping around the place and yeah. just screaming these lyrics and just feeling so much more connected. And it sounds completely bizarre, but it just helped me get back into that space where I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, like I can do this today, you know, or quite often I'm sat up at my dad's bench and I'm crying my eyes out listening to the playlist that we used to put <laughs> together you know it there's always I find music is such a re, such a strong connective yeah it is it's such a powerful thing as well and I think that I was really really worried after um John died that I wouldn't be able to listen to music and I was really worried that I would just find it too hard and when we were choosing songs for um the funeral and stuff I was like oh gosh how am I ever going to listen to music again like it just connects me to him so much but I find now actually that I I haven't had that really like every now and again there's the occasional song on the radio that I have to turn off just because it's a bit too much but but really yeah I do just find it is such a joy rather than something that makes me sad ah was it um was it you who said about the Biffy Clyro song, Rachel? Oh, yes, that got me. That it's got me. It's such... What's it called again? Is it um, called Space? Space, yeah. Mm. Tell you what, I, I don't know what it's written about, but Biffy Clyro, Space, as we've just said, yeah. is such a beautiful song. It really is. It's so but beautiful. It is so tearjerker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Properly tears pouring down the face, but mm-hmm. also sort of screaming your heart out, singing yeah. along. Yeah, it is a lovely one. Um, the first time I heard it on the radio, I was like, oh, I was driving and I think I just listened and I was like oh that's sad and then I like looked up the words when I got home and I was just like wow that's really really sad but also so beautiful I think sometimes with music you know you can use it in so many different ways because sometimes if I'm feeling a bit sad I just go do you know what sod it I'm gonna put some sad music on and I'm gonna have a full-on pity party (laughs) but other times as, as you've said you know perhaps it's a heart 90s um kitchen kitchen disco I mean I love the idea of that oh yeah that's my that literally through lockdown last year and then after John passed away that is what got me through just a good old kitchen disco and we very conveniently brought a really good speaker like just before lockdown as well (laughs) so that really helped you're fully prepared for the disco (laughs) I love that oh it's been so nice to hear you talk about John he sounds fab yeah I do just love talking about him so much like I just never I just don't really get upset when I talk about him just because he was such a bright joy like he was just the brightest light and he was just brilliant and you know he was always such a look for the silver linings kind of guy and I think that when I remember him and when I talk about him obviously I'm heartbroken that he's not here anymore but I just I just feel so much joy when I talk about him just because he was just the the most brilliant guy ever. And lastly, Rachel, have you got any words of wisdom or advice to any other young widows who may be listening? 
to 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 still look for that joy and to to still have hope for the future is something that I found really important because I know that when you lose your your partner your your spouse like it can feel like the absolute end of the world and I definitely had a moment where it felt like my leg had been chopped off and I was like mm. trying to learn how to walk with one leg again because they're that much a part of you mm. um but I just remember that you know I will be happy again one day and there is still hope and 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 great things in the future so just trying to cling on to that even when it feels like the darkest time in today's episode rachel reflects on the many happy memories she made with john tomorrow will mark one year to the day since the nation entered its first lockdown mary curie in partnership with the good grief festival will be marking this day as the first national day of reflection the Grief Sofa will be joining this day of reflection, described so perfectly on the campaign's description, which we would like to share with you. On the 23rd of March, 2021, we will pause to remember everyone and everything we have lost over the past year. We will offer our thoughts to those who have died as a result of COVID-19 itself, and for everyone whose passing was not properly marked due to the pandemic's unprecedented restrictions. We will reflect on the hopes and dreams that we have put on hold, the sacrifices that have been made, the way of life that sometimes feels like a distant memory. The past year has been challenging for everyone. The nation is mourning immeasurable losses and millions of people have made huge sacrifices for themselves, their families and the greater good. By late February 2021, nearly 130,000 people have died in the UK as a result of COVID-19, with millions left bereaved and unable to grieve properly due to ongoing social distancing and travel restrictions. We would like you to join us for this moment of reflection as guests share their thoughts, words and songs. Together, we'll honour loved ones lost and reflect on the challenges we have overcome. You can join the Grief Festival sessions using the link in our bio. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Grief Sofa podcast. Please subscribe, rate and review to help us reach new listeners. If you have enjoyed listening and would like to join us on the Grief Sofa, please get in touch on Instagram at the Grief Sofa or email us thegriefsofa at gmail.com.